everybody, it's me Blue. Welcome or welcome back to B&B Anime. I am here today with my extraordinary, I've used that one before, spectacular co-host. Have I used that one before? I don't know. I am spectacular I though. He is spectacular. He is Brad. Why did I just get the, um, she is beauty, she is grace, she is Miss United States going <laughs> in my head then? I have no answer for you on that one. However, hi, I'm Brad. That is you. Me. Good. Glad you know about that. I'm glad you know who you are. Yes, I'm very glad I know who I am. Otherwise, who would I be? You would still be you. You just wouldn't be knowledgeable of it. But then what I- Are I, you you if you don't know who you are? That's what I was about to ask. I was like, do you, are you really you if you have no clue who you are? Why did we not take philosophy? I don't know, but let's let's think about it in the sense of Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai with Kaede. Think about that for a minute. Okay. <laughs> Completely different person, just because she lost her memory, even though she shut it out herself. Completely different person. Mm. Not only that, but one of the animes I've been watching week to week has been the Misfit at Demon Academy, Demon Lord Academy, some bullshit like that. Anyway, mm -hmm. and in the first episode, our main character is, of course, a super OP dude because he's the original Demon Lord of the world that killed himself. So that he could, like, stop all the fighting, because I guess he was bored and just wanted all the fighting to end. Anyway, he came back, reincarnated 2,000 years later, and he goes into an arena with this one dude. Like, he's just so overpowered at this point that he kills the other guy and brings him back. Mm -hmm. And he's like, mm -hmm. so, here's a question. Are you a different person every time you die and are brought back? Like, how does that work? And then just keeps killing him and reviving him over and over and over again. Mm. So I'm just like, hmm. Well, it would be very strange one day if you woke up and you had a completely different personality and you were conscious of the fact that you had a completely different personality. Like, that must be some uh, that must be some kind of psychological defense mechanism or something. I bet somebody's gone through it. Where you just wake up one morning and you have a different personality. You're knowledgeable of the fact that you have a different personality. You can't make yourself act the way that you did before. I don't know. I'm curious about this. It's very curious, isn't it? It is. It is quite curious. Big brain thoughts. Now my brain hurts. Yeah. I thought we came here to discuss anime. I don't like getting a headache from talking about big brain things. We should just yeet our brains. <laughs> Honestly, though, if I could have, I would have already. I don't think I have a brain. Isn't it in a jar on somebody's desk? Uh-huh. It's been passed around by a lot of people. Yeah. What if we didn't have brains? Uh, okay, now we're getting <laughs> way more into a uh, <laughs> But, like, what if... Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've never had a brain scan. Mm -hmm. So how do I know I have a brain? Like, what if I'm the anomaly that doesn't? I'm the, what is it? Mutation. It's just like, nah. You just- Not gonna have one of those. <laughs> you just mutated a not brain? Yeah. Like, what about you? What if you, have you ever had a brain scan? I have not. No, so how do you know you have a brain? I mean, honestly, though, it would make a lot of sense. It would explain a lot. Like, how do we know we have a whole brain, you know? Because, like, there's those children that have had, like, half of their brains removed when they were really, really young because they had, like, seizures and stuff. And so they had to remove, like, one of the sections of the brain so that they were able to have, like, a normal life. And because they were so young, they were able to kind of adapt to it and made it almost much less noticeable than it would be if an adult had, like, half of their brain removed. Mm-hmm. But what if you were just born without one side? The other side of your brain then took over for that part and you just never knew because you were born that way and your brain had always adapted to that like how do you know 
So it goes back to the theory of like how humans only use 10% of their brain. Mm. What if it's because we only have 10% of a brain to use? Well, that's actually funny that you talk about that. Because from my knowledge, I think it's hammerhead sharks and... Uh, blue whales specifically oh no maybe it's orcas have entire sections of their brain that we don't have hammerhead sharks unlike all other species of shark have a section of their brain used for social structure they're the only sharks that actually travel in families or packs i don't know what they're called i think packs And because of that, if you dissect their heads and you look at their brains and you compare them to like a great white shark or a bull shark or a tiger shark or whatever, um, you'll see that they have like this extra lump on that's purely used for social interaction that no other shark has. And in either orcas or blue whales, I don't remember which, they have an entire section of their brain that we also do not have that is used, we believe, for colour reception and emotions. So they can see colour... No... Is it no? They have emotions. I think it's a. I don't remember who has colors. There's another animal that has colors that we can't see, but that's in their eyeballs, not in their brain. But they they have a whole section for emotions that we've never felt and do not feel. It's like, well, could you? What? There are more emotions out there. But also, because I hear that, and it makes me think that they're able to like see emotions as well. Imagine if we could do that. Yeah, like those people that can like see sounds. <laughs> what is that? Sin sin. I don't remember what that condition's called, but they can, like, see sounds. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. So it's one of those things to where, again, going back to the whole if real life had a HUD system, Mm. could you imagine if you could, like, just see somebody's mood? Like, pull up a menu and just check it so you know how to interact with that individual before you say or do something wrong? Mm. Honestly, could probably fix a lot of my- Nobody would ever get divorced. Oh, yeah. Or if they did, it would be completely mutual. Mm -hmm. It would just be like, yeah, okay, we're cool. Like, we're still good buds. Yeah. Just no thanks. Like, not today. Not compatible. Yeah. Yeah. I need video game, like, status effects and overlays in real life now. I'm just going to be down some back alley somewhere hitting rats with a baseball bat. <laughs> like, level up, level up, level up. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get my XP. Honestly, though, I... You would open, like, every rubbish bin, every chest, every every little thing you found, you would open it just in case you found, like, a gem inside coins i mean honestly though because of all the zelda i've played thousand pairs of the same leather boots why haven't you taken that to a merchant and sold them all already i'm a hoarder but besides you can combine them in the crafting bench and then you get enchantments on them and then so they'll upgrade but much gold i'm trying to find the rare leather boots okay that makes sense i only have uncommon right now but if you found like the legendary boots wouldn't they be like solid gold and super shiny. That's heavy. Heavy. Then upgrade gold. Upgrade your strength stat. I'm a wimp. <laughs> Says the person who said they'd be down some back alley beating the shit out of rats. Yeah, rats and gold boots are on different levels. Mate, you literally- You don't get gold boots while you're still beating rats with baseball bats. You get gold boots when you're like taking out buffalo for just casual XP grind. I mean, you could run across that one king rat that's been hoarding the gold boots. You just reminded me of Barbie and the Nutcracker then. <laughs> the rat king is, is... I don't actually know if in the real Nutcracker... I haven't seen the Nutcracker ballet for so long. I was really little when we went. I don't know if the real... Or if that was just a Barbie thing that they made him a rat king. Or if he actually was a rat king. I feel like he actually was a rat king. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that works. That movie came out in like 2001. So you know what else came out in 2001? What? Prince of Tennis. 
at least in North America. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna clip that tee. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> But, yeah, Prince of Tennis. My goodness. (laughs) So? I feel like I have been driven mad by, like, a a 90s rabbit hole all of a sudden. Mm, Yeah. Like, the OP especially. (laughs) Yeah. I've just watched the second episode, and I went back and rewatched the first one, too, in Japanese. And the sub version is definitely better. Yeah. But. Subs, not dubs. (laughs) Especially for early 2090s content. Oh, yeah. Definitely. (laughs) But it's uh, a f- mada mada dene. <laughs> Honestly, though, I've heard a lot of that. <laughs> oh yeah, every episode uh, for a hundred and how many episodes did I say? One hundred and twenty-seven. One hundred and seventy-eight. One hundred and seventy-eight. One hundred and seventy-eight. It will be said at least once every episode. That's yeah. <laughs> and then there's the new Prince of Tennis. I hope it didn't change. It didn't change. I mean, the animation style grew up. But um, I'm moderately it, disappointed. <laughs> it's I I, th- I actually like it. They look a, a little bit older. I think the entire, including the new Prince of Tennis, I think the entire show spans a year, maybe two. No, maybe like a year and a half. That's ridiculous. But then again, look at Food Wars. Yeah, I don't think the new Prince of Tennis is them in high school. I think it's still them in middle school, but I think they're away on like a camp or something. I don't know. It's been a while since I, I read the new Prince of Tennis or watched it. Holy shit. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm going a, I'm to a need you to just like send me all the copies of Prince of Tennis. <laughs> just post them to you. Yes, please. I promise I'll post them back. The shipping on that? You might as well just go and buy your own. Nah. Can't be that bad. The amount of volumes? The weight? Can't be that bad. It's that bad. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. There's movies as well. Baka. <laughs> I feel like it's too early in the episode to be shouting Baka. Is it ever too early? No, I think that's my most used word. So I don't think it's ever too early. I think my most used word is probably like and or the. Yeah. I think I know that mine is like. Yeah. Actually, in fact. Or so. You say like, <laughs> so like a lot. I say and, um, a lot. So, yeah, and. Yeah, and or, um. And or, does um classify as a word? Technically. If it's written out in literature, I think it technically classifies. Is it in the Oxford English Dictionary? I don't know. Is yeet? Probably. In the Oxford Dictionary? Is yeet? I don't know. They added emojis in one year. (laughs) I think it was the year that the film came out, too. I think they just added it because of the film. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. I've also heard that that film was shit. I've never seen it. I, w- I cannot contribute. I have not seen it. All I know is is that I've heard it was shit. Do you say contribute or contribute? Contribute. Contribute. So that's an Americanism I've picked up. I have rubbed off on you about as badly as you have rubbed off on me. Yeah, you got in trouble earlier. I did. Mm-hmm. I did. That was a that was a very deep conversation in which I called one of my best friends mate. And it literally stopped the conversation to the point where he was just like, Brad, you need to stop talking to Blue so much. <laughs> You're right, mate. I mean, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I was going with that. I was going to say that was a long pause. Oh, you know Long Dog? 
No. Okay, there's a meme. It's a dog that's long. Long dog. Shocking, right? Um, <laughs> I, I just said long paws, and long dog came into my head. Uh-huh. And then I just thought of long paws, P-A-W-S. And I was like, ugh. So I thought I'd share. I mean, honestly, though, have you seen golden doodles? Those are basically long paws. Like, golden doodles might as well be human. Yeah. The way they act and their mannerisms. No, I have seen multiple videos on people saying that golden doodles are just humans dressed up in dog costumes. Mm -hmm. And I believe it. You know, that's a conspiracy I can get behind. (laughs) Yes. That one I can get behind. Birds being spies for the government. I cannot get behind. (laughs) I don't know, mate. I always see magpies everywhere. And gulls and pigeons. It's always the pigeon. (laughs) Always the pigeons. Always the pigeons. My friend nearly got carried away by a gull. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the UK, they're vicious. I don't know if you have the same type of gull in... I don't know. I don't know if they're a, a travelling breed. But yeah, uh, the the gulls by the seaside in the UK are particularly vicious. And they are known for aggressively taking food. And my family friend, she's, she's the same age as me, a couple of months younger. But uh, she is about half my size she's just really 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 small and always has been mm-hmm. um and she was holding a sandwich and we were sitting on the beach i think it was um bay i don't know where it was i don't know i don't know where it was but i was little we were at the beach and uh we were sitting on like the wall bit you know where there's a wall and then the either sands or pebbles and then the ocean and you sit on the wall so it doesn't like flood all the shops that are on the beachfront mm-hmm. yeah so we were sitting on the wall And this gull comes down, and I'm not kidding, its wingspan was as long as I was. And I was a long kid, because I have always been tall. Talk about long dog, I was a long kid. And it swoops down, and it gets her sarny, and it it holds on, it's getting away with it. And she goes, no, I want to eat it, because she's a child, doesn't understand that that is a giant vicious bird. Um, And uh, so the the gull just takes her instead. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, it tries to carry her off. Obviously, I think she was a bit too heavy for the gull. And uh, and so she never really, like, left. But I would say that it moved her a good couple of inches uh, and her sandwich went all over the floor. So uh, the gulls just came back and pecked at her feet. And she ran away screaming and crying. And I have a, a rather vivid memory of that. I am. I'm humoured by this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have no words. Uh-huh. She didn't get to eat her sandwich. That poor sandwich. <laughs> that poor sandwich. It probably had sand in it anyway, so because even if it was a pebbly <clears> beach, it always could. even if you're on a pebble beach, you still get sand in your it's sandwiches. That's why they're called sandwiches, you know. It's totally not. I made that up. <laughs> My brain. <laughs> I'm all sorts of confused. What did you? Uh, are you? Are you a beach goer? Did you go to the beach when you was little? So. We did used to take frequent trips to Florida, but I'm not, I hate the beach. I hate sand. Why? It's a good exfoliator. End up with soft feet. I have calloused feet, so it does, it does nothing for me. All it does is get everywhere. Like, I can't I... go to the beach and not get chafed by the time it's all said and done. I went, I, I went out to Newfoundland. Uh, a couple of years ago. Uh-huh. And Newfoundland has... It's the opposite ocean to the UK. So it's the same ocean, same, like, opposite side. And uh, I went out there with the twins, who you all know and love, despite the fact that nobody knows them. 
um, and um, and uh, they went there every summer when they was kids. And out in Newfoundland, <laughs> you good? I'm good. Continue. You just dying. Okay. Uh, <laughs> they went out there as, uh, as kids every summer, and they used to go rock pooling. And I used to go rock pooling in the UK as well. And we both have memory. My point was that we have strong feet because we were walking on stony beaches all the time. And, and so, like, things don't hurt our feet anymore. Like, those walking on Lego memes are, like, nothing to us. Because if you grow up on a stony beach, then you end up with invincible feet because you kill all the nerves by the time you 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 can toddle. And then you're just like, okay, well, it's cool now. Even if you end up, like, going for a pedicure, you get all the calluses removed on your feet. You can still somehow handle the fact that you're walking on literal shards of glass because it's like, oh, yeah, it's just a stony beach. That was my point. But anyways... We both remember one year where, when we were both little, um, all little, there's two of them, <laughs> we were all little, there was a whole crap ton of jellyfish that washed up on the shore. Uh-huh. We haven't done the math to figure out if it was the same year, because if it was, that would have been mad, um, But because we're on other sides of the same ocean. But we both remember like going to the beach and there being thousands of jellyfish just like stranded along the beachfronts for like mm-hmm. weeks at a time literally thousands of them or as far as i could see we both have vivid vivid memories of that and like getting our little buckets and spades and putting the jellyfish in our buckets and be like ma'am can i take it home she's like you cannot take a dead jellyfish home right now i'm a danger it can still sting you even though it's dead put it back no i want to take my dead jellyfish home yeah honestly I wanna, I wanna animate this. I wanna animate this so badly. <laughs> it's a thing, though. It's, uh, it's a thing that we we experienced. It was one of those really weird moments where people from completely different sides of the of the world uh, had a chat with each other and have a shared childhood experience. Um, and I don't know. It was like a, a weird moment of like, oh yeah. Apparently, that's a universal experience. <laughs> Mom. <laughs> Can I take a jellyfish home? <laughs> Mom, I want to take a jellyfish home. Mom. Oh. Hey, it's my friend now. Look. I uh, gave him a name. <laughs> so if you had a pet jellyfish, what would you name it? Squish. No hesitation on that one, was there? <laughs> no. Something tells me you had this one brewing. Like you knew I would ask. I, I feel like that was kind of like a instinctual <laughs> outburst. <laughs> Just immediately, just squish. Yeah. Well, they're squishy. Oh, Dory named her jellyfish. Oh, I can't name it that anymore now, can I? Nope. Um, jelly. No, that's really stupid. Uh, <laughs> but are you jelly though? Nah, I'm quite solid for a wimp. <laughs> uh, what would I name it? I would name it all oh, goop. No, because that you go uh, Gwyneth Paltrow or whatever named a really weird line of the, everything gooped, didn't she? So that's not happening. Um, although you could do it in in irony, because then you could make what is that jellyfish jam or whatever from SpongeBob and be like, "Hey Gwyneth, I've got a thing for you, my goop." <laughs> you make millions. Do you want some snake oil? It's jellyfish oil, though. Are you good, mate? I don't know, mate. I was just asking that because I heard something clatter on your end. Oh, yeah, and my pen rolled off my notepad because it was done with me. But like, I'm leaving, <laughs> mate. I'm getting out of here. Honestly, though, mood. <laughs> Rude! 
Love you. <laughs> nah, I ain't letting you get away with that, even though I forgot your birthday, even though it's nine days away. <laughs> you haven't forgotten it yet, but you will. I will. I and inevitably, when I you do. I somebody else's birthday just recently, and I still feel guilty about it. <laughs> oh, poor Janessa. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I, oh, I'm rubbish. <laughs> You're going to have to make it up to her. My brain is a sieve, I tell you. Just... Just whenever you go to Japan, just buy her a dumpling or something. I'm sure she'll be happy. A singular dumpling. <laughs> a singular dumpling. Happy birthday is a dumpling. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like a little snack? It's your birthday. I missed your birthday. I, I forgot to wish you happy birthday. I didn't get you anything. Here, have a, have a small piece of food, a morsel of food. That'll cheer you up, right? I had it in my pocket since earlier. <laughs> Honestly, oh, though. Hell. I would be fine with a singular dumpling. I just launched a tack all the way across my room with my acoustic wall foam that's on my desk. That's a thing. It's not, it's a tack. I'm so done with you. Have we got any news? We haven't even talked about how our weeks have been. Oh, right. Yeah, my week. My, my week has, um, what? <laughs> News. <laughs> I I <I've, laughs> I think you guys know how my week's been. I don't think I need to articulate that <laughs> at this point. Oh, mate, let's hear. Would it. you not pen? Oh, does my pen? No, it doesn't. I thought my pen said yeet on it, but it doesn't. It's just big because <laughs> it's a it's a big pen. But I saw it for a quick second. It's got a little man next to the logo. <laughs> Looks like it says yeet. It doesn't at all, but it did. For, like. For my dyslexic ass. <laughs> Are you right, mate? No. No, I'm not okay. Send help. <laughs> Actually, send tacos at this point. Oh. That'd be better. I had a burrito this week. Was it yesterday? It was. I had something new this week. What? But I'm not going to try to pronounce it because I'm going to royally fuck it up. However, on the note of royally fucking it up, the restaurant that made it royally fucked mine up. Because I ordered them with steak, two with egg, two without. Instead, I got four, all with egg, with zero steak. Ah. What what are we talking about? I was disappointed. What is it? What is it like? Let me see if I can spell it out on my phone so I don't screw it up. (sighs) So, essentially, what it is, it's a flour tortilla... With refried beans and cheese. I think it's like a boletta or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'd probably just really fuck that up. But anyway, but yeah, it's refried beans, cheese. And if you get it with meat, it's like a special version of it. And then you can add egg and an avocado for 50 cents a piece. But I skipped avocado because I'm not basic. You don't like and avocado? And just went for egg. Do what? Do you not like avocado? Well, eh, sometimes. I, I eat quite a bit of it. I could see that. It's high in, in good fats and, and stuff, and because I'm a veggie, it's a good way to get them. I'm fat enough as it is. I don't need fats. <laughs> Healthy fats everybody needs, regardless of your weight. My brain. <laughs> anyway, what about you? What's your week? Uh, What's your week? What's your week, mate? I think it's the third week of August. <laughs> what? Is it? <laughs> 
think it technically classifies us that way. I I'm so if you out look of at touch. a calendar, it's the third week technically because I'm the so first... out of touch with the world that I'm just like, yeah, okay, sure. Like what? <laughs> now it's only the second we full week. We could be in but... December, and I'd be like, yeah, okay, makes sense. The only way I know that it's still summer is that there's no snow outside. <laughs> That's how you have your years. Like that's how you're able to Honestly, pick your year apart. Snow, I get winter not snow. or summer. Is there snow? Is there not snow? Am I going snowboarding? Am I not? Like that is. Am I going snowboarding, or do I have to put up with Brad's dumbass sending me shit? <laughs> oh, Tilly learnt a new trick this week. Oh, what did Tilly learn? She learnt the trick retrieve. As a retriever, you think she would come with that one, but no, she didn't. Uh, it was not pre-installed, so we did have to get the DLC. But doesn't fetch count as retrieve? Yes and no. She's a tennis ball-loving dog, like uh-huh. obsessed with tennis balls, and will play fetch until she physically cannot continue running and is dropping the ball, tripping over her own feet, because she still wants to play and her tail's still wagging, but she is so exhausted. And you've been there for four hours throwing this ball for her and your arm is just dead. And uh, and she's just like, again, 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 again. That is Tilly. She's insane, right? Best bean. Even the vet says she's got ADHD. They're like, she's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so, so she has that, where she will play fetch with you with the tennis ball for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. However, what I wanted to teach her was retrieval. So she has three stuffed dog toys that have survived for a long time that she hasn't destroyed right away. So we're using those for training. There's a dinosaur, a pig, and a bunny. So what I've been doing is having her... Because when you throw the ball for her, she doesn't sit and wait. She just runs as soon as you go to throw it. And so what I've been having her doing is sitting, waiting. I will walk away from her, place the toy, walk back to her get her to stay waiting and then say retrieve and point and then she will run back pick up the stuffed toy bring it back to me what i'm gonna start teaching her now is the difference between each toy so she's learning on dino right now so now i'm saying retrieve dino and then i'm gonna say retrieve bunny and then i'm gonna say retrieve pig and then she's gonna be able to get each one and then eventually i'll be able to have all three next to each other and then have her sit and wait get her to go retrieve and she'll be able to get one of them and bring it back and she'll know which one i'm commanding her to go get by the command interesting yeah because like golden retrievers are initially for duck hunting they're duck hunting dogs she's obviously not a hunting dog but she absolutely loves to do all of the things that hunting dogs do she really has that in her breed so she loves swimming she loves fetch she loves like holding things for you she'll just walk around with something for you her new favorite toy however is a a piece of rock so that's been confiscated from her uh, and she will then go and get another piece of rock and bring it back to you and say here look i have a toy and i say it's not a toy tilly that is a rock and she'll go yes but i have a toy and i confiscate it and she goes it's okay i have a garden i will just keep finding you rocks so what you're telling me is, is that Tilly stays stoned the whole time? Absolutely. <laughs> Completely. 100%. No, but, uh, like, it, I don't know. We're just kind of having fun messing around with her training a little bit because Cedar, our other gone retriever, has never been interested in training in the same way. Like, she she knows that she can walk really well at least. She can sit, she can lie down, she can roll over, she could show us a tummy. Like, she can give poor the basic ones. Mm-hmm. But Tilly genuinely really enjoys training and so we've been trying to do a lot more like intricate ones 
Like she has whole routines, you know, she can weave through my legs, she can do spins, she can stand upright on her hind legs, she can play tennis with herself down the stairs. Like we don't have to entertain her. She will throw the ball down the stairs for herself to then go and run and catch and then bring it back up to the top of the stairs so she can then throw the ball down the stairs again to go and catch. <laughs> yeah, so she's she's a nut. She's a different, a whole different kettle of fish to our other golden. So we're trying to come up with new things to teach her to get her brain activity going because she gets bored otherwise. That is very smart. I'm glad that Bean is staying very well taken care of. Yeah. Because Bean is the best Bean. She is the best Bean. So, news? News! No game, no life. The light novel has been banned in Australia. Oh, why? Yeah, the first, second, and ninth volumes have all been banned in Australia. Their citing on that is... Publications that describe or depict in a way that is likely to cause offense to a reasonable adult, a person who is or appears to be a child under 18, whether that person is engaged in sexual activity or not. Uh. And then publications that describe, depict, express, or otherwise deal with matters of sex, drug misuse, or addiction, crime, cruelty, violence, or revolting or abhorrent phenomena in such a way that they are, or that they offend against the standards of morality, decency, and propriety, generally accepted by reasonable adults to the extent that they should not be classified. Right. Okay. I haven't read them, so yeah, but that makes sense. I I know that the UK was also doing things like that as well, where they were banning uh, manga and um, webtoons and stuff that are uh, depicting young-looking characters, or stated young characters, in uh, delicate, shall I say, circumstances. Mm-hmm. The only thing is, though, I'm, then again, I haven't read the light novels, so I don't know, and also I haven't read the manga, but I'm sitting here thinking of No Game, No Life, and I'm like, I don't remember the light novels or I don't remember the anime depicting any lollies Mm. in like some weird manner. Yeah. But then, I mean, there's usually quite a big difference between manga and light novels and anime. I think it's pretty well known that the light novels tend to be the most extreme and the animes tend to be the most PC. Yeah, that is true. Unless, yeah, a fantastic case in point for that is Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Mm Mm-hmm. But I do remember when the UN was trying to ban lollies in the US and Japan were just like, fuck that. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. It's a very delicate subject to get into. I think people have a lot of strong opinions on it. Mm -hmm. And people that are more into the anime community are going to have, I think, different opinions than your general public. Because... Mm -hmm. They're going to look at it from an outside perspective and go, oh my God, what are you talking about? Like, they were. Um, whereas people from the anime community are going to have more of an understanding of how it is because they're going to have witnessed it and seen it in media that they consume. But, like, I, I definitely say that there are times when things like that make me incredibly uncomfortable. Case in point Violet Evergarden. <laughs> Violet Evergarden. I. We're going to review it at some point, And when we do, I'm just going to say that I. The score is going to be hugely negated for me. Is that the word I want? Negated? Is- we can't speak this week. <laughs> no, we can't. The The score is going to be less than it should, that would have been because of the age ranges of the characters in it. It made me very uncomfortable and it took me out of the, the viewing experience. And I think that, I don't know, it's like a very debated, heavily debated subject that 
just gets people in trouble when they talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) You're in trouble with someone if you bring it up. Oh, yeah. Like, the second lollies are brought up at any point, there's only two sides of the fence whenever it comes to that one particular subject. So, somebody is going to get frustrated over it at some shape, Mm -hmm. form, or fashion. I personally, uh, I don't know. I have this weird thing of, like, I don't like restrictions in media. I don't think that it's too far of a stretch to go from censoring foreign manga to and light novels to then censoring foreign diplomatic documents because they're, uh, you know, they provoke, you know? But then, like, I also understand that it's not a great thing to show. Like, that's not, you know what I mean? It's like the freedom mm-hmm. of speech thing. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, it's a very complicated subject that I don't think I have a complete opinion on either way. Mm-hmm. I need more life experience. Okay, so next piece of news that I'm excited to talk about. I have a great little fantasy slice of life rom-com series that I really enjoyed called mm-hmm. Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. And seen memes. So the memes are great. The little bitty snippets of it are absolutely hilarious. The first time I watched it, I died. It's adorable. It's hilarious. It's about a working woman who got drunk and told a dragon that she could move in with her. Mm-hmm. And the dragon has the ability to shapeshift into a human form and becomes her maid. Mm-hmm. All because she unexcalibred the dragon. Because the dragon had a holy sword in it, and she just pulled it out because she was drunk and didn't know what she was doing. Nice. And then hilarity just ensues. We didn't actually say what we were covering this week. We're covering Ride Your Wave. We'll get there eventually. Yeah, we promise. <laughs> you all know how it goes at this point. Right? Yeah. If you're a new listener, you're probably thoroughly confused, just being like, what the, what, what, I thought they were, huh? And we're like, well, yeah, uh-huh. We'll get there. Yeah, Give we promise. Time, we'll okay? get there. We, we have we to gotta... get all of the, the vomit out of our brains first. And once that is like evacuated, then we are able to discuss. We say that. My Little Monster, the entire episode was just fucking word vomit. Yeah. We couldn't get through two episodes of the show without going off on another tangent. Nope. <laughs> anyway, the second season titled Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid S has officially been announced and will air next year at some point. Okay. So one of the main reasons I'm excited about this, do you know the studio that does Dragon Maid? No. Kyoto Animation. Oh. Yeah, Violet Evergarden. Right. But the art styles are vastly different. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, our topic this week, some of the, like, changes in animation were kind of jarring. Yeah, I was going to bring up the animation style, actually, because it's it's very, I wouldn't say it's super unique. It is more unique. It's not your common style of animation. So it's not unique to me because I've seen some of the other works that the studio has done. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, for today's animation type quality, it's definitely different whenever you see it, for sure. Yeah. I feel like it's, um, I don't know, I've definitely seen things that are, are done like it, and some parts of it are, are kind of cool, but it, it's it's not your common style of, of animation, but it's also not something where you're going to be like, oh, I've never seen anything like this before. And that's your new to anime, then welcome. Yes. Welcome to a great film that I had to apologize to Blue about. Yeah. <laughs> because I've been forcing her to watch too many romance films here lately. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, I... My, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. My... my uh, uh-huh. Yeah. 
I can't help it, okay? I need we just... some sport. <laughs> Look, Somebody mate. get me somebody with a katana. Step. <laughs> Look, okay, after October, actually, October, we're going to have some shit coming in. We just got to oh get yeah. there first. Uh, I'm, I am and I'm also not looking forward to that because uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm a little baby when it comes to horror, mainly because, you know, I am a, <laughs> I am a sufferer of night terrors. It's great. Um, I have been since I was small. I was supposed to grow out of them. I never did. Uh, and... Oh, yeah. They give me fuel. They give deep parts of my brain unnecessary fuel. I don't think anything that we've discussed for October, though, is that bad. No, I don't think so. But but you're also talking to somebody that has, like, religiously played horror games since Mm -hmm. I was, you know, a wee little lad. My second last night terror (laughs) um, just involved hot tea, and it it terrified me. What? What? It's very distressing. I can tell you if you want to know, but it's it's very distressing. I am... What? <laughs> I mean, I might... On a particular episode in the future, if I remember where we already have a disclaimer at the very beginning, I might tell the story. If we're discussing something really, like, horror-related, then it will fit probably a bit better than this one. You want to just do, like, an episode or something in October just telling ghost stories or some shit? We could do that. I, I have many a night terror. I have, like I said, I've been experiencing them since I was very, very small. I have so many that when I was little, my mum would write them down after I had them uh, in a notebook. And we would then take the page that it was written down out into the garden and light it on fire as a way to symbolise the dream is over now, it's gone, dissipated into the atmosphere. Because I would have them weeks and weeks in, in a row if I mm. didn't, like, get them out of my system. So that was how my mum did it when I was really little. Huh. Mm-hmm. I think it was just a visual thing for my brain as like at like four years old to be like they're gone now <laughs> like it's it's over with and it worked it worked uh, but I still have that notebook uh, it has no pages in it anymore it's just the cover huh mm-hmm. well that's a decent little piece of symbolism I can yeah. speak <laughs> I don't know some like weird psychology thing that worked when I was a kid yeah okay next piece of news are you ready I am ready shitty video game news oh. Jump Force Deluxe Edition will be launching on the Switch on August 28th. Mm. I don't know if you know anything about Jump Force, but the game is kind of shit. Okay. I do not know anything about Jump Force. I will take your word for it. I'm not even going to say kind of shit. It's very shit. It just is. For those who are unfamiliar, yourself included, Jump Force was a game to where all of the Shonen Jump characters were going to finally be introduced in a fighting style game to where they could all fight each other. Like Mortal Kombat style? Uh, no. Like, it's 3D instead of like a 2D side-scrolling fighter. Right, okay. And the graphics and everything, phenomenal. Okay. That's all it had. So the story consisted of non-skippable cutscenes to where it was Japanese dubbed. So there is no English option. Mm Mm-hmm. And the lip syncing was still way the fuck off. Oh. Like, so bad to the point to where I could only play 20 minutes of the campaign and then just quit. I spent $60 on this game. I pre-ordered it. I was pumped. I was hyped. And played 20 minutes of it and was immediately just like, fuck this shit. I'm never playing it again. Wow. Yeah. Biggest waste of 60 bucks in my life. All the promise in the world ran like shit. And some of the fighting is actually pretty decent, but the control scheme is terrible. And having that come to the Nintendo Switch, it's going to be that much worse. 
Yeah, so it's not like they've they've remade it. It's just like a transfer. It's a port. Yeah, yeah like it's port. literally just a port. Because they haven't even fixed the regular console and PC version of the game. Okay. Like, they've done no fixes to make the story more playable. Like, they haven't done anything as far as that's concerned. The most they've done is add DLC characters. You know, that sounds like a great time. So great, I would never waste 60 bucks on it again. The game isn't even worth $10, in my opinion, and now they're porting it to the Switch because more money. And Switch games are expensive. They are. They're still 60 bucks. Yeah. And I'm sure that's what it's going to cost. Which is the same price that it got when it was brand new. <laughs> uh-huh. Stupid. It's like them porting over The Witcher 3. Like, we... I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> the only true port for the Switch that I've played is uh, Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2. And that's one of my favorite Dragon Ball Z games ever. Mainly just because the online, I could slap the shit out of people and nobody could touch me. But that's a different story. It did not port over well. Mm -hmm. So that tells me that this is going to be just an absolute disaster. Yeah. But outside of that, more video game news that I'm even more excited about. Because it's The Last of Us 2 related. Ah, okay. They have added new game modes. They have officially added the grounded difficulty mode. For anybody who's unfamiliar, I never beat the first game on Grounded. I had a stream playthrough of it back whenever I first got my PS4 and they remastered it for it. Mm -hmm. I made it probably six hours into the game and could not get any further. Wow. So, you know the bit whenever they're going through the school with Bill, the like government conspiracy dude? Yeah. That wasn't very convincing. Anyway. No, I do. Because, <laughs> okay, so... I watched my best friend play through in like a weekend. Uh, when I was out in Newfoundland, we just sat down and she just played through it and I just pointed things out. Uh-huh. And it was a great time. We had the best time. I ordered pizza. We drank some beer. It was a good time. Mm-hmm. And I do remember that bit. Yeah. So I never made it out of that school on Grounded. The supplies are so scarce. Like any NPC mob, anything can one hit you at full health and kill you. Hmm. But it's completely random. Like, sometimes they'll completely just, like, knock you down to where in one more hit after that you're dead. And then other times, they will just Mike Tyson your ass. Right. And so they're bringing that to this one. Where there's a lot more enemies, a lot more shit that can go wrong. And... Do you um do you still consider yourself to be a, a massive Last of Us fan? Because, you know, you haven't, you haven't finished it. Which I'm actually planning... Just words. Planning on... <laughs> Finishing it the week of my birthday next week. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Blue. You said that you were going to do that, what was it, two weeks ago? <laughs> yeah, well, I ended up getting busy. <laughs> busy? <laughs> you you have a life? What? What is this? Look, mate, I've moved back home. I'm trying to have a social life. You know what I just realized? <laughs> trying. Hmm? I bent the cord of my headphones into a pair of glasses. It looks like Harry Potter. I am only slightly concerned with the fact that you're not listening to me talk and play with I the am cord. listening I'm to kidding. you talk. I've been taking notes. Lies. Don't I you have. lie to me. I took notes that I took two notes um, that weren't particularly about the last of us two, but they were about the podcast. I'm sure it's a sticky note. This is Brad's birthday is August 21st. Don't you forget it. I'll never live it down. No, actually, it's not. But I'm going to write that down now. August <laughs> 21st. Brad's birthday. Now it says that. It is a sticky note, though. You were correct on that fact. Uh, yeah, because I know how you take notes. <laughs> 
I've been friends with you long enough and watched you stream long enough to know that your life consists of sticky notes. It does. I have five surrounding me currently. And let it be known, right now, on this date that this podcast drops for everybody listening, if Blue forgets my birthday, I will remind her every single week until the podcast is finished. <laughs> I will forget your birthday, even with the sticky note. I have a to-do list here that I wrote last week, and I think I've done two things on it. Nah, it's oh, okay. that was like three weeks ago, and I've done three things on it. That's not important. Uh, what is important? My birthday. Three and a half things. Four. Four. four I'm going to give myself four things on it. One of them how, is a repeat offender, though. How many things are on it? Uh, seven. So you get half credit. I get half credit. That's about accurate. Any more news? Yes. So continuing on with The Last of Us news, they've also added a permadeath mode. Oh, okay. So like one and done. Yeah. So Minecraft fans, you will be aware of this mode because it's hardcore mode. Yeah, it is. I once had a hardcore world and then cried when I lost it. <laughs> Could you imagine if your castle build was done in hardcore? I, I, no, never happened. I'm never going to do a big build on hardcore. That is, that sounds like a miserable time. What do you mean? A friend of mine and I, because we were heathens in school, we had a competition going. It was myself and two of my friends. And we had what was called connections. So essentially homeroom that we would go to twice a week. Right. We had the same homeroom teacher or connections teacher every year throughout our four-year stint. And so every Tuesday for those four years, whenever we would go, or every Tuesday and Thursday, like, we didn't do jack shit. So we got on computers, and we had a hardcore world. What One of is- our friends got out our second year, and yet myself and another friend survived all four years. Nice. Um, serious question, though. Mm-hmm. What is homeroom? So, if you look at it in the anime sense, and it's basically how it is in real life as well, it's a period of you get all your news and announcements and shit out of the way for the school, and that's it. So, it's just a whole, what, 45 minutes of just nothing? Essentially. Nah, see, why can't I have that in school? My first class was like, ah, oh, you're going to start with algebra first thing in the day. Good morning. Well, you see, we would have class, and then we would have connections. Oh. So, we still had to start with the bullshit. Yeah, no, we just had our morning announcements happen over the intercom while everyone was putting their stuff in their locker and, like, between the first and second bell as you were getting to class. Mm-hmm. They just put it all over the intercom. That's lovely. Like, we had, like, a legitimate broadcasting class, and, like, they would, like, sit down with a green screen and do the news. Yeah, see, no, we never had any of that. Kids didn't even do the announcements. So I think it was, like, some secretary in the office that did the announcements. And if you were in the gym, you couldn't hear them because there wasn't a speaker in there. So if your first class was gym, you didn't hear the announcements. So you were golden if you had gym first period, is what I'm hearing. Uh, gym first period is horrible. Who wants gym first period? Who doesn't want to be woken up immediately and have a good old sweaty day? <laughs> did you, okay, did you also have showers in your in your gym, in locker room, changing room area that were just always wet? Yes. Then nobody ever used them? No, no, people used them. Uh, see, ours nobody ever used. I, I think the football team probably used them, but for like after school practice. Y'all need better drains. And no, I. why would the girls shower then be wet? Because there wasn't a girls football team. I don't know, maybe the volleyball team used them. I don't think so, though. Everyone I knew went home. Because <laughs> they were like, I'm not showering at school. That's gross. What's wrong with showering at schools? It's gross. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, and then you, I have. Go ahead. What? I was just going to say that you walk past the boys' locker room and it just smells like axe. 
<laughs> yes, that's that's one hundred percent accurate. Even it just America, out. yeah. Or links? Is it links? Links in in the UK? Same thing, just different name. Same shit, Same different brand. day. Yeah. Oh, okay. So this is a really interesting piece of news. Kodansha, the studio behind Attack on Titan, has released a children's book. Oh, okay. About Attack on Titan. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love the concern in your voice, because I also have the same thing. Yeah, what's it gonna be? Oh yeah, these giant monsters are ripping children's heads off. Let's go make a children's book. I mean, to be honest, the original fairy tales were just as bad, so... No, no, no. Armin, Mikasa, and Eren are solving mysteries. That's it. That's literally it. Like, they're detectives. So, uh, so it's Nancy Drew. Essentially. They rewrote Just Attack Nancy on Titan. Drew. Yes. Are there any giant man-eating people? Yes. The actual description says... The book features Armin, Mikasa, and Eren solving mysteries while they defeat Titans. Armin has always dreamed of solving mysteries with his childhood friends. So it's a story about friendship, but also mysteries. And death. Essentially. Also, I mean, what the fuck is in that basement? <laughs> <laughs> For right, anybody then. who has or hasn't seen Attack on Titan, you'll understand. <laughs> yeah, somebody's either going to be very confused and other people are going to get it. Yes, because I feel like at this point, it's just an anime meme about the basement and Attack on Titan. The basement. Speaking of, have you seen Attack on Titan? I've seen season one and possibly season two, but I have no recollection of season two. And then everyone said season three was bad. And so I didn't go out of my way to watch it because like I do on a regular, uh, is regular occurrence, I will watch an entire thing and retain none of it. So um, I would have had to have gone back and watched the whole thing again to remember anything because I didn't even remember anybody's names. I was just like, I know that it's... And then like these big giant things come over the wall and they're just like, hey! And then other people are like, ah! And then uh, you fight them. Accurate. Okay, next bit of news. <laughs> haagen in Japan has released their first animated commercial. Like the ice cream thing? Yes. Okay. It's there to advertise their new permanent flavor, because I guess Japan hasn't had this flavor before. Rum raisin. What's that? I don't know. I'm guessing rum and raisin, if I had to guess. What if it's just, like, really light rum? Because it's raising rum. I... And the next piece of news is... I'm done. I'm leaving. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you were just waiting to hear the doo-doo of me leaving Discord. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so next piece of news. They're opening a store in Japan as a Kirito-only shop in Tokyo and Osaka. Okay. Only going to be selling Kirito merchandise. That's it. I mean, if there's a market for it, why not? I mean, I guess so. They're only doing it for two weeks. Pop-up shops. And they're doing it to celebrate for the Alicization Part 2. Makes sense. The timing is interesting, considering what's going on in the show right now. Dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun. Yeah, I don't know. Boom, like, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> I just want to send Janessa money so she can get me some of the keychains and stuff out of it. Go for it, then. Because the Kitty Cho keychains look sick. Why not do it? Why not? Also, speaking of sword art and Kitty Toe, next piece of news. 
Crunchyroll and Funimation have officially added the English dub for the Alicization arc. Oh, okay. So if you're like me and you're a fan of the English dub actors on the show, why not? Give it a listen. Now you give it a watch. And a listen. And and a listen, yeah. It wouldn't do much good if you only watched it and you changed the voice actors and you're like, oh, yeah, this makes a world of difference. (laughs) Change it from sub to dub. I mean, look at Attack on Titan. You change the actors and it goes to shit. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, though, one of the best OPs in anime ever. It's so catchy. It is. It's so catchy. Like, the elevator music that goes on in my head half the time is probably that OP. Mm. <laughs> Where was I going with that? Sword Art Online. I don't know. Okay, last piece of news. AT&T has offered to sell Crunchyroll to Sony for $1.5 billion. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. <laughs> However, Sony has reportedly balked at it because they don't see how... Crunchyroll could price it at $500 per subscriber. It's crunchy, I, I think Crunchyroll is only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and expand. Okay, I think that's all the news. I'm no. all out. All out. Okay, so ride your wave. We're quite a ways into this podcast and have only brought it up once prior. So hello, guys. Uh, welcome yeah, to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, welcome back. Welcome We've, back. <laughs> We're done ranting. Um, Yeah, so today we're going to be discussing Ride Your Wave. Brad, you have a lot of background on it, don't you? I do, except I forgot to take pictures of what was most important. God Mm. damn it. Well, it came out last year in 2019. It did, and then was recently made available on August 4th for digital and DVD release. Nice. Yes. Yeah, it made $3.9 million in the box office worldwide. Which I don't think it got a US release because I remember seeing, or maybe it did, and I just wasn't able to make it back. I don't. Uh, it was it was released in February of this year, so right before COVID happened. Right, yeah. Yeah, it was released in the UK in October of last year. It was made by the production company Science Saru. Mm-hmm. And also, it was directed by Masaki Yuasa. Mm-hmm. I probably butchered the shit out of that. Anyway, and the reason I didn't go into what either of them have done separately is because a lot of the stuff that they've done, they've done together. Yeah. Like, it seems basically... They're a duo. Like, the biggest projects Yuasa has been a part of has just been done under the Saru banner. And the reason I say that is because the biggest projects that they've done one of them is 2018's anime of the year oh i didn't know that yeah do you know what 2018's anime of the year was no clue are you familiar with an anime called devil man crybaby i am that's what it was wow that was the winner for 2018's anime of the year and i was very disappointed by it right Because it was really good, but also I was hardcore rooting for Violet Evergarden. So the fact that it got beat out by that, I was just like, sadness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it was definitely a phenomenal show. And it's honestly fitting because it's between that and they also made a film that came out in 2017 called The Night is Short Walk-On Girl. Right. And that's why the animation style for this wasn't jarring for me. Mm-hmm. Because I was very familiar with the art style because I remember going to theaters to see... The Night is Short, and then, of course, binge-watching the shit out of Devil Man Crybaby whenever it came out on Netflix. Yeah. 
Also, here's something I didn't know. Did you know that this studio had a part or had a hand in Adventure Time? (laughs) No, I didn't. That's fun. Yeah, the director and the studio itself had a hand in an episode of Adventure Time. Nice. I think it was a random episode in 2014 for season six, I think. I'm not certain. But yeah, they had a hand in that. Like, they made the episode. Nice. So that was a really interesting tidbit I learned about this. I think that covers the background. Mm. Uh, It was written by Raiko Yoshida and is 96 minutes long. I think those are the only other things to include about it. So now I'm going to give you an overall rundown of the show, of the film. Yes, it's called Ride Your Wave. And it centers around the relationship between Hinako and Minato. Well, uh, Hinako is a college-age girl, college student, um, who has recently moved back to an area that she used to live when she was very small. Um, And she is a surfer girl. She freaking loves riding those waves, hence the title. Um, (gasps) I never uh, would have guessed. (laughs) I know, right? It's only mentioned 5,000 times throughout the movie. And Minato is a fireman or a firefighter in the area. And it's based around these two, Minato's kohai, um, Wasabi, and his younger sister as well. And those four characters are pretty much the only established four characters throughout the entire film. There are a couple of other characters that are important to the plot line, but they're not named or anything like that. They're just like plot devices. Um, and it's just based around these two. About halfway through the film, something really big happens that changes their entire dynamic in their relationship. And... Uh, Hinako is then struggling with how she has to keep going because of the dramatic situation that has occurred. Um, but something kind of supernatural happens that kind of eases it, allows it to be a little bit easier for her involving Minato. However, everyone's kind of like concerned about Hinako um, and how she's dealing with the situation because of this big thing that happened. I'm really trying not to spoil anything. Um, yeah. Apparently, though, I will say, I was talking to another person about this movie, and they had only seen the preview, the trailer for it. And uh, if I wasn't as far as I was into the film, with their knowledge of the preview, would have spoiled pretty much the entire show, the entire movie. So if you watch the preview... You've spoiled the show for yourself. I will say I don't think that they did the preview very well. I haven't seen the preview, but they've never seen the film. They only watched the preview and they knew the whole plot. So maybe don't watch the trailer if you're going to watch the film and you don't like spoilers. Because I will say I think that the trailer will spoil the whole thing for you. You see, I feel like the trailer wasn't, or at least the trailer that's out there, isn't the same one that I watched in theaters. Because the only reason I knew about this film is because uh, I can't remember what it was we went to watch. I want to say it was a one eight or pancreas or maybe it was weathering with you. I can't remember, but I remember seeing the preview for it. I was just like, ooh, I want to watch that. Yeah. So, but that's literally all I remember, even though I've been sending the trailer to absolutely everybody that's been asking what we're covering this week. I haven't actually sat down to watch it again. (laughs) Maybe you've spoiled the whole thing for everyone. I guess so. Um... (laughs) Uh, I don't know, though. I haven't seen it, so I can't say. I just know that the, the one person who watched the preview knew the whole thing. I I don't know if I should put a trigger warning out for... I I can't say the trigger warning without spoiling the show. I will say, however, that this film uh, is a sad one. You will cry. You will do the, the little teary tears. So... Um, I'm not gonna lie. I almost made it through the whole thing without breaking. Really? There's a point or two where I got choked up, but then there's a point 
at the very end for uh, Christmas. Yeah. They snuck that in. Yeah. Like, I thought I was fine. I thought I was good. And then that happened, and I lost it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was um, not prepared for that. I was like, you bastards. You bastards. How dare you? Yeah. So, oh, I will say that there, it, is a, it is a sad one. Um, so... Bear that in mind going into it. Maybe don't yeah, wear like, a full face of makeup or something if you're going to watch this film. Because Also, don't be around blue and wear a skirt because it'll get covered in coffee. <laughs> Shade. <laughs> By the way, did you like your little meme that I shared in your Discord? <laughs> I didn't see it. Did I see it? You didn't say anything if you did. I didn't see it. I haven't seen it. You just ignore me with everything that I touched you. I do. I've been busy today. I shared it like two or three days ago. Okay, then I ignored you. <laughs> That's okay. I'm used to it. I'm used to it. <laughs> okay, yeah, so I'm going to throw up the spoiler warning from here on out, and we are going to fully go into discussing the film with that spoiler warning, spoiler wall, all the way up. If you do not wish to know what happens further in the film, stop, stop listening. Go watch a film. Come back. Listen to our review of it. Tell us what you think. Hit us up on those socials. We do appreciate all kinds of combos that we've been having with you guys. Let us know your thoughts and opinions on the things that we're talking about here because we love the interaction. It's a good time. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're starting off the beginning of the film. We have got college age Hinako, surfer. She has just moved back to a new area. She bumps into the kohai of a guy who's like, hey, that girl's my hero. And his name is Wasabi. And she goes up to him and she's like, hey, you just sprayed me with water because he is practicing to be a firefighter and he is not very good right now. So he's spraying water everywhere. Gets her wet. She gives him a towel. Like, here, have a towel. And uh, he directs her home. That's like 20 minutes into the film that I just explained in three seconds because this is a slow-paced film. It's a very slow-paced film. Like, I think I only have three pages of notes. Yeah, I have three and about three lines on the next page. (laughs) And you only took notes halfway through the film. Yeah. I feel like we've swapped note-taking places. Because look at your line, April, and look at this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had like 47,000 lines for your line, April, on my iPad. Mm-hmm. That took me ages to erase it all. I don't think I have your line, April, in this notebook. I think it's in my other notebook. Let me check the contents. Because yes, I am the person who makes the contents in the beginning of their notebook and writes the page numbers in the corners so that I am able to quickly and efficiently figure out where my notes are. Bruh, I do the same thing. You do? Ah, fun. Also, was that before we started taking the podcast seriously? (laughs) I think it was, actually. Because, yeah, it was when I still wrote it in my junk notebook, and now I'm nearly finished my only anime notes notebook. Look at us go. So professional, taking it seriously. Yeah, the first one that's in this book is Totoro. Oh, and Totoro was number... I have 13 either seasons of anime or movies written in this notebook. Totoro was number 14. So 14 is when we started to take this seriously. Before then, we were just shitting around. No, I'm just kidding. We've taken it seriously <laughs> from day one. Uh, yeah, we just, just realized that this is maybe a little bit more than just two friends joking it's, around. It's bigger than we thought. We started. Yeah, it's it's we've been doing okay for ourselves, and that's kind of nice. Just you guys kind are the of best. Though, we appreciate like, it. Really Arigato nice, gozaimasu. Apparently. What? I don't know. 
I wasn't listening. Oh, I was like, we really appreciate it. We appreciate the support. Arigato gozaimasu. Yes, we do appreciate it. Yeah, okay, so, spreads with the water. She goes home. She's got a brand new apartment. Her mom is like, hey, you good? Can you cook? And she's like, nah, I can't cook, but I'm good. And, uh... She does suck at making omu rice. I will say that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and she also needs to like, unpack. Holy shit. <laughs> she's got, like boxes all over her apartment because she's just moved in and some idiot kids next door although they're not kids they're like 20 she's in an apartment building and in the apartment building next her or skyscraper i don't really know what it is next it's just a construction site like it's it's nothing's been finished yet yeah it's just an empty building and they are in it and lighting fireworks because they're gonna be and um one of these fireworks sparks up Goes in the wrong direction and lands on the like light wood cardboard protection that is on Hinako's apartment building that is there as like a barrier for like dust and stuff that gets on that building because of the fact that there's a construction site next to it. So they put up like the light barrier on the building, like on the windows and stuff to make sure that like if something like a rock or something, I don't know, flings over, there's like a layer of protection there. I thought it was just really cheap, shitty apartment balcony. Might have been. <clears throat> like that's, wall. Like that's might, what I thought it was. Might have been. I, I know they said something about it. I wasn't a hundred percent paying attention to the subtitles at that point because I just made a brand new cappuccino and that was taking my attention. But from my understanding from that point, um <laughs> it was like a bit of protection. Either way, it's like some papery light flammable material and this firework (laughs) lands on this flammable material and very 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 quickly lights the apartment directly underneath Hinako's on fire the balcony of it that balcony quickly sets her balcony on fire and that that side of the building is very 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 quickly within seconds ablaze because it's very flammable material very lightweight material not safe stuff (laughs) Uh, coating the whole whole building and very quickly lights it all up. She grabs her surfboard and her phone and her wallet and <laughs> runs out of her apartment building, goes to the lift, the elevator, but it is full and they have already pressed the buttons. So they're already going down, like partially going down by the time she gets there. And so they can't like stop it. And she's the last one in the apartment building. And so they go down. She goes to the stairs, but um, the stairs are already ablaze. So she can't go down the emergency staircase. So she goes up and she's like, I got to get to the roof. So she runs up the staircase. The firefighters have already been called. They're on the scene. And uh, Wasabi is on the case. And so is Minato, who is the guy who said, she's my hero. And they yeah, they're all on the scene. And she runs the top. And Wasabi is climbing up from underneath. He is trying to get up that staircase uh, because they know that she is unaccounted for. They did a check of all of the people that are living in the apartments. And they know that she's unaccounted for. And also the people that were in the lift reported there was a girl up there we couldn't stop the lift in time you need to go get her and so he's coming up from the bottom up the staircase and she gets to the roof and when she's at the roof she goes hey help because she's on the roof down at the firefighters on the ground they now know that she's on the roof wasabi is coming up the the staircase and minato gets in his little crane thing and poof he is suddenly at the top of the building he's like hey bud get in my crane um and so she does (laughs) And she's like, hey, man, can I take my surfboard? And he's like, yeah, you can. No biggie. And she takes her surfboard, gets in the crane, gets to the floor. And then his supervisor goes, what did I say about no belongings? 
Like, yeah, idiot. And he and she's like, oh, sorry, I got you in trouble. And he's like, nah, it's cool. Surfboards are important. So then she goes, hey, thank you for saving my life. I do appreciate that. Would you like to go surfing with me? And he's like, I don't know how to surf. And she's like, it'll be a fun time. Come with me. I'll teach you. We'll go surfing. And he's kind of like not super apprehensive about it. You can see that he wants to. Um, and so she's like, you've already got the bug, dude. Like, come with me. Let's go surfing. It'll be a fun time. And so, shock horror, they go surfing. What? I know. Plot twist. Plot twist. Who would have thunk it? And so, they have freaking adorable montage. Adorable montage. Where they're in the car. And he's like, hey, you want to listen to a song? And she's like, yeah, sure. Put on whatever your favorite song is. And so he puts on a song and she's like, I remember this from my childhood. And he's like, yeah, it was in a movie recently. So it's been like revamped and people are listening to it again. And they start singing it and they like sing along. And then as they're singing this song, then it goes for a montage of them doing cool stuff and him like being a really crap surfer. And then you can see as the days go by, he he gets to become a really cool surfer and like he's doing tricks and stuff and she's a really good surfer. And then they're like hang- holding hands, walking down the beach. They're like going down the pier. They're like doing all cool stuff. And, it, and it's adorable. And they're adorable. It was very cute. It was very <laughs> cute. And he can't surf, but boy, can he cook. Bruh, those egg sandwiches though. Yeah, and he and he, his knowledge of coffee, boy. Uh, anyways, <laughs> he was after both of our hearts on that oh, one. Yeah, as much as we love coffee, I do love coffee. Swoon. Actually, I had to pause this film because of the amount of coffee that is in this film to go grind some beans and make myself a cappuccino because <laughs> the coffee. I love it. I should have had coffee before this recording. You're the American one here. You're supposed to be the one that loves coffee. I do love coffee. Just, it's just not in your veins like it is for me (laughs) mate as somebody who sleeps three and a half hours a night my bloodstream is caffeine (laughs) yeah coffee relaxes me i need it to stay awake but like all hours of the day yeah caffeine does not keep me awake i I just need it to keep going mellows me out if i don't drink a coffee then i'm hyper all day then i crash (laughs) i'm trying to wrap my brain around this continue it's a stimulant, right? I don't know. I don't really know how it works, but like in stimulants for like ADHD and stuff, like you take a stimulant and it chills you out. What? And that's like Adderall. Adderall's a stimulant. You have ADHD, you take Adderall. Chills you out. What? I don't know the science behind it. I may be very wrong, but that's kind of what I learned. I don't know. What? I've only ever had the effect of it being calming, so maybe I'm just wrong. I don't know. What? <laughs> You don't know, mate. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just trying to annoy the shit out of you. You may continue. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Hinako and uh, Minato are now like, they are in a committed, uh, like, young adult expecting to be long-term relationship. And so he's like, hey, you should meet my younger sister. And so they go to meet the younger sister. And the younger sister is super standoffish. Like, she is blunt. Uh, basically, she went through some stuff when she was, like, younger in an early teens childhood. She's just kind of starting to break out of her shell now. She left school. She, like, really secluded herself from everyone around her. And so she's really harsh and doesn't really understand how to be gentle to other people. But you can see that he clearly really loves his sister. She clearly really cares about him. Uh, she's just trying to figure out Hinako and whether or not she's good for him. And Hinako is so chill with everything that um, she's not even phased. Christmas happens. That's how long they've been together. It's from summer. So probably, I don't know, like six months. 
they've been together. And um, they're adorable. Uh, they go to, like, a big building. And the building has a Christmas tree on the side of it. and In lights. And they go up to the top of the building and there's like a little, like you can write your name with your partner in a heart and stick it on the wall. And you can like lock your heart to the building. Uh, it's like a heart shaped lock. You know, like, is there, is it like San Francisco? There's a bridge that's just covered in locks of people in relationship that they put on there. And I thought that was in France. Is it in France? I thought it was in America. Maybe there's one in France and then America stole it. Maybe. I don't know. But either way, that whole montage and this whole scene is adorable. It's There's a lot cute. of adorable in this film. It's very adorable. And so this building also has these announcements that you can like pay to have made, um, where it's like, uh, you, we saw one where there was a proposal and he got the building announcer to announce, hey, will you marry me? Um, and then there's another one of like a, a kid wishing her mom a happy birthday or happy birthday, happy Christmas. And then, yeah, it's just like they, they put it over the intercom to be like, hey, big announcement. She and him then go and sit on the beach and he cooks and she breaks it and they talk about their future and he's like, is this okay? Is this what you wanted for Christmas? And she's like, yeah, this is what I wanted for Christmas. I just want to be with you. And um, they talk about their future, what their plans are. And she's saying, you kind of have everything figured out. You know, you you have a career, you have goals, you know, because he wants to open a cafe one day. And be able to serve, like, really fancy coffee and stuff. And he, so he took her to a cafe. He was like, this is the cafe kind of thing that I want to open one day. And he, he's a firefighter right now. So he's, like, he's got his life kind of figured out. And she's more, you know, I'm in college. I don't really know where I want to go, what courses I want to take. Like, I don't really, my life doesn't really have much direction right now. And so she, he says, oh, well, you know, do you want to live together? And she's like, I do, but I want to be able to ride my own wave first. I want to be able to stand on my own two feet because right now she still can't really cook. She can't really like function as an adult yet in society. So she really wants to be able to get herself properly established, learn who she is as a person and then move in with him later. So find herself a, a career path, that kind of thing and then get together with him, move in with him later. And he's like, that's cool. Uh, you can be your free wave and I will just be, what do you say, the harbour that you come back to. And it was very sweet. Um, and he was like, yeah, I want to be together for like 20, 30 years. And she's like, cool, we're on the same page. It was a very cute thing um, of them being like, hey, yeah, this is our future. This is what we want. And she also says, and he says, aren't you like cold? And she's like, it's because they're on the beach. It's Christmas. And she's like, nah, I heard that um, the waves after Christmas are lucky and if you surf on those first waves after Christmas your wish will come true they don't go surfing she ends up going home she has to work the shift she works in a flower shop she has to work the shift that next morning um and he sent her a text to be like hey I'm going surfing I will come find you when I'm done and your shift is over and her shift gets over and she doesn't hear from him Flip to him. He is surfing. Uh, he has been practicing a new trick. And he's looking pretty good on them waves. He is. He's doing all right. And then when he's on the beach, he's just about to send a text message to her when he overhears some... <laughs> I call them water skidoos because I don't know what... Are they, what are they on water? A water ski? Skis. Or a jet ski? Jet Sorry. Ski. It's a jet ski. I could only think of the word skidoo and I couldn't think of what the water equivalent was it's a jet ski. is that the canadian word for it no that's like the the snow one no i thought a sea dew was the canadian one no 
It's a ski deer. <laughs> My People brain skidoo is just the, caught... the highways here. Did you know that? I did not. So it's like the road. There's a, the, you know, like how you have like the banks on the side of a highway when you're like in the middle of nowhere and there's like not like lamp posts and stuff. So you just have like banks. Uh huh. Well, those obviously fill with snow in the winter. Uh-huh. So people will get their like sled dogs and skidoos and other things and they will just like surf along the side of the banks because it's an edge down the highway. You see them all the time. What is Canada? <laughs> Canada is a theme park. Um, That's what it sounds like. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so so he's out there and there's three skidoos and, w- and one of the skidoos starts going, hey, hey, and they're calling out to their friend and their friend is not responding and he is a firefighter so his instincts just kick in and he throws his phone and he jumps into the water. Then Hinako is like, oh my God, I can't believe that he didn't show up. He's surfing so late. What is he doing? He should have been here by now. Didn't he know my shift was over? And so she gets herself to the beach and when she gets there, there are just ambulances everywhere and she very quickly puts the pieces together and collapses on the beach. Cry count number one. I cried four times while watching this. Ooh. I did. First cry count. It happens here. I'm not going to lie. I, <laughs> whenever I sent you the message about the egg sandwich mm-hmm. was right before I watched that scene. Mm-hmm. And then whenever I put that the egg sandwiches were to die for, I was just like, Oh my god. <laughs> Poor choice of words. Poor choice of words. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Um, that's stupid. So then... So yeah, he's dead. Because they they never really say it during this time, but it it's he's dead. Um, you quickly figure it out. <laughs> very quickly. And she is not doing okay. Um, but his sister Yoko comes over to her apartment and... Like, says, here's a box of his things for you. When she opens the box, it's, like, all of the things of their relationship. Like, one of the things from their relationship is um, finless porpoises. Because uh, other people are like, oh, is it a beluga? And, and they, But both of them knew that it was, and it was a finless porpoise. They were like, oh, we're, like, cute together. And they had, like, phone cases that lined up to make a finless porpoise face. And they had, like, a big old blow-up finless porpoise. Um, Honestly, though, if this film isn't couples' goals, honestly, I don't know what is. Yeah. Although I find a lot, it's very cute for them. If it would happen to me in real life, I would find it very cringe. Yeah, I agree completely. Like, like, it works oh, in the film, but I'd just be like, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, let's just give me the heebie jeebies. Please don't. Um, yep. <laughs> being like, yeah, the matching phone cases thing, like, it's cute in theory, but like, in execution, nah, thank you. Nah, fam, I'm good. Thanks, though. I am fine. I mean, a lot of it is just really cute because it's just I'm, like, hanging out together. Some of it is, like, uh, okay, gross. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, But, yeah, so she then opens the box and it's, like, all of their stuff from their relationship together. And um, also, Yoko gives her his cell phone. She doesn't know the password, so she can't get in, because she's really curious to find out why he went surfing alone that day, and she kind of blames herself, because she said that those waves were lucky right after Christmas. And so she's like, ah. And then his sister is like, hey, stop that. Don't do that. No. She's having a, a miserable time, as you would. So then, after a few days, Hinako moves 
away from the the water's edge. She does not want to go near the sea anymore. She's done with it. She's been surfing since she was tiny and she's like, nah, not happening anymore. I'm going away from the ocean. I'm not going to go near there. Um, But she starts, uh, when she's out getting coffee with Yoko and Wasabi, she hears the song playing on the radio that was like their song. And she sees him appear in the water glass in front of her. And she's like, Minato? Like, are you there? And everyone's like, you're crazy. Um, and at this point, you don't know if she's hallucinating or not. You think that she may mm. have just lost her bubbles. So for over the next like little while, she just travels around with him in a water bottle. And whenever she sings the song, he appears. Um, or she puts him in like the ginless, giant, the ginless, fiant <laughs> porpoise. <laughs> the ginless. Get me some Drinking. Gin. <laughs> um, in the finless giant porpoise blow up thing she fills it with water and just like lugs it around i don't understand how like they had a montage of her like walking around downtown and stuff with this giant porpoise on the train filled with water it's bigger than she is it's white it's like a mascot you know one of those Mm -hmm. filled to the brim with water how does she lift it Okay, so as they're going through, like, this whole little montage of her and all this nonsense, Mm -hmm. she's lugging around this giant porpoise that, I guarantee you, contains probably between 20 to 30 gallons of water. Yeah, like those swimming pools, the paddling pools that you can get from, like, Walmart and stuff with the, the fabric-y bottoms and then the, the edges, and you have to, like, spread them out and fill them with water. Like, that much water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I'm sitting here thinking about this because, again, with me doing what I do for a living, I know how much a five-gallon bucket of paint and therefore water weighs. And it weighs about 50 pounds. Yeah. This thing contains anywhere between 20 to 30 gallons of water. And she's just lugging it around town like it's nothing. Like dancing with it, holding hands like a teddy bear, like you would like a cloud. Think yeah. Think cotton and, candy. Like- and yet at work, she's struggling lifting like a potted plant. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm just watching this and I'm just like. What? 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 <laughs> yeah. And she's talking to it and everyone's like, this girl is nuts because she's talking to it. And so they do a whole nother montage because, you know, what makes a good film? Multiple montages. So, um, yeah. And then one day when she's like walking around town, she bumps into a dude and he knocks her over and he helps her up because he knocked her over. And um, then Minato gets really sad because he was in the porpoise um, and he was like, oh, nobody can see me and I can't hold you. I can't like hold your hand, can't touch you. Like this sucks. So... He's kind of down on himself, and she's like, it's okay, like, you're the only one for me, like, I don't care if if I can't, like, touch you anymore, like, I don't I don't care, you are the only person that I will ever love, you're it, like, that's it. And, yeah, Wasabi and Yoko are, like, worried for her sanity, they're like, this chick is nuts. So then one day, when she's working at the flower shop, Wasabi comes over and he confesses his affection for her. He's like, I have been watching you for since, like, you guys got together. I've always kind of had a little bit of a thing for you. Like, would you want to try and explore it a little bit? And she freaks out and runs into the bathroom at her shop and closes the door and sings the song so he appears in the toilet. And she's like, oh my god, Wasabi just asked me out. And uh, Minato's just like, well, you know, he's a good man. 
why not? You should like keep your options open. You know, I'm, I'm dead. And she's like, no, how could you say that? Like, what do you mean? Like, no. And she again says, you are it for me. It's not happening. No. So she leaves the store after Wasabi because she's like, I want to clear this up, make sure that it's all good and talk to him and just say that like, I'm not ready for it. So she goes to run after him when there is a huge car crash that happens in the street, like a little bit away from them. I think it's like a, a small delivery truck crashed into a small car head on. And it starts a fire. Um, and Wasabi runs over and shields her and then there's an explosion. And she's crying. She's like, you have to go save the man in the car. And Wasabi, being a f- firefighter, just goes, there's nothing I can do right now in civilian clothes after a- an explosion of that size. Like, I have to, my priority right now is not rushing in there and, and putting my own life at risk and making more complications for the first responders. They're going to come onto the scene. Very logical response. Good trained firefighter. Sad situation, but a good trained firefighter. Uh, So then she says, Minato would have gone and saved him. Minato would have gone in there. Minato would have done it. And he's like, Minato isn't here. Minato is dead. Like, there's nothing you can do about that. He's not here. And then so she starts singing. And then the river that is nearby, uh, Minato appears there. And he assesses the situation. And he uses the river water to put out the fire um, of the truck and everything. He just, like, glops it with water. Just as the firefighters get on the scene. This is the first time where you're like, okay, maybe she isn't hallucinating. Maybe something bigger is at play here. Or maybe she is still hallucinating and imagined that that happened. And it just so happened that the firefighters hose went on at the exact same time. Because it did kind of happen very quickly together. You know? Mm -hmm. However, in doing so, he is kind of exhausted his spirit power or whatever. So um, when she gets home and she sings to him in the porpoise and he appears in the porpoise, he's like all sumped over and doesn't really interact with her. So she promises that she is never going to ask for help from him again because she knows that if she asks for help for him again, he will disappear. So she goes and visits his family home for the first time after his death and pays respects to the little like shrine area in his house. And his sister, Yoko, shows her his room and the proof of all of the hard work that he had put in over his life. She shows her his motivation. Basically, when he was really young, he was saved uh, from drowning in the ocean by a younger girl that was smaller than him. And that Yoko then shows her a picture of the event and she recognizes the finless porpoise on his swimsuit bottoms. And so she runs home to confirm it with her mom. Her mom's like, oh yeah, you did do something like that when you were really young. Uh, Let me go get the paper clipping for it. And so she goes and gets the paper clipping and it's, yeah, she saved him um, and it has the date on it. So she tries that incident date on his phone and it unlocks his phone. He was in the process of sending her a text message that day showing off about his new trick and basically telling her that he wants to be together forever. This, like breaks her and this was cry count number three for me what was two two was when yoko brought the box of things over i don't recall that being or you mentioning that being two no i didn't my brain is also dead i didn't mention it uh because yeah it was literally right after cry count one first cry count was finding out that he's dead second one was her like lying on the floor in his belongings sad um big sad mm mm-hmm that was number three. Uh, da, 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 da. So did we share number four? 
Number four is the same incident as yours. Okay. That's what I was like. Did did we share one or? We did. Yeah. Number four is is common. (laughs) It's in common interest. Um, It's the common denominator. mm -hmm. Anyway, (laughs) math jokes. (laughs) Oh, did I tell you? Did I tell you the thing that my mom said? Uh Uh-uh. Um, uh, so, you know, the, the, the meme, the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. Yes. Yeah. So my mom was trying to reference that the other day at the dinner table, because my brother and I joke about it fairly frequently. Mm-hmm. And she goes, you know, the, uh, the one about the, um, mm. oh yeah, the, uh, the molecule at the center of the universe. <laughs> I remember you talking about this on stream. <laughs> Last night, I was dying. I was laying in bed watching your stream, and I lost it. Uh, we lost it as well. My brother and I could not stop laughing. We're just like, "Good try, mom." Like that's. <laughs> I want another t-shirt now. The molecule at the center of the universe, because I feel like it's close enough that people would get it. You know, if I had that on a t-shirt, people would be like, "I huh." You know what I mean? Like, I feel like people would kind of clue in. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. I would buy one of those shirts. Wouldn't it be hilarious? Oh, it's so funny. Sometimes my mom cracks me up. Um, but yeah, that was that was very funny. Oh, your mom is best mom. My mom is best mom. Yeah, so whilst working at the coffee shop, his sister Yoko overhears... The same idiots from before who, like, lit the fireworks up in the construction building, planning to set off more fireworks in an abandoned building again for, like, the anniversary of the event. Or, like, they do the same thing every year. I don't know if this is the first anniversary or second anniversary, though, because if it's the first anniversary, then that meant that her moving to the town, them being together for that whole montage, him passing away, and all of her grief has all happened in... Less than a year. Nearly a year. And from my impression of the initial montage, it kind of seemed like they were together for, like, a couple of her college years. But I now that I look back on it, I don't think so, because it was all during summer. So I think that this has all happened in a year. I think so, because I think it takes place with two Christmases. Yeah. Having gone by. Mm-hmm. So I think the whole film spans like a year and a half. Yeah, like 18 months. Yeah. But it's it's getting near Christmas now. It's near winter. She's gone through a whole summer without him. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been about 18 months. She's gone through because he passed away just after Christmas. She has been grief stricken for the entire year. It is now winter time again. So yeah, their relationship was only about six months from meeting as adults to him passing away yeah so they his sister overhears this conversation of these idiots and they're like hey we're gonna set off some more fireworks we're gonna do it again in the anniversary and we have found a new fancy abandoned building um that had one of those giant christmas trees inside of it but this tree was different this tree was living and it was the biggest christmas tree in there so it was like in the building all around the building was kind of built around this tree But the building was abandoned and the tree died. So uh, they're like, hey, we're going to use this abandoned building to set off our fireworks in. Because, you know, Christmas trees, fir trees aren't, you know, the most flammable of trees ever. And people don't have serious problems with having them in their house over Christmas time every year. And the fire brigade isn't called more during Christmas because of the fact that those fir trees light up like 
that. And for those of us that are familiar with starting fires and those of us who aren't familiar with starting fires or don't have the ability to start a fire, Walker, I'm talking to you. He can't. Ha- cannot. How do you? <laughs> it just. So funny story time. Mm-hmm. And I'm throwing major shade I'm, at I'm Walker here. Shade because how do you not start a fire? He and some of his buddies went camping a couple years ago. Yeah. And as we all know, if you're going to go camping, you have to start a fire. Yeah. And you have to make s'mores. Yeah. Well. It is mandatory. They went and they took firewood, but they couldn't manage to start a fire. Did they not take like any kind of like fire starter? Did they just try and start like a log? <laughs> I'm fairly certain they took lighter fluid. How do you, how do you not start, start a, fire? a fire with lighter fluid? I was thinking like they took one of those little like compact little... um wood shaving bars they they couldn't but like even then like if you're if you're camping you're surrounded by trees trees grow moss there is old man's beard around in north america everywhere also silver birch bark lights up like that yeah you just peel a bit off like that they could not natural fire starters super good not only that but i mean of course break a few twigs off it's kindling like it's not that hard Mm. (laughs) but yeah they they could not (laughs) they could not get a fire started that's I'm I'm genuinely impressed that they could not get a fire started. And the bad part is, is out in the barn, like every year during winter, we have a wood-burning stove that keeps the barn above 45 degrees because we don't want the boat and everything to get cold because that's how shit starts breaking. Mm-hmm. So we have to go out there and we have to get a fire started if it goes out. What's 45 yet, degrees in English? Slightly above zero. I'd say probably four or five. Okay. They're probably very similar to what the temperature is right now. Is it four or five degrees right now? Maybe about seven or eight. Are you serious? It's August. It snows in September. What the fuck, mate? <laughs> the trees will be turning in a week. Okay, let me let me check something really quick. Because I'm it's also I evening. need to know. We're recording this at night. I'm gonna double check this. It's twelve. Twelve degrees. So a little bit warmer than I thought, but not not super warm. Okay, let me let me just get you a temperature for what it was today versus what it is right now. So earlier today, it was I have to round down. It was thirty four degrees for you today. Okay. And right now, it's sitting at twenty three. Yeah, you don't get as big a fluctuation in temperature as we get out here. That's what I'm just sitting here thinking. I'm like, how the fuck. Is it already that low, and it's not even that late in the evening for you? Yeah, it's it, it gets... Like, it's not even 10 o'clock for you yet. I think it's just because we get wind off the mountains, and then we're in the prairies. I don't get it. It's very, 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 very normal in the winter for it to go from, like, minus 25 overnight to, like, 3 degrees during the day. Mate! Yeah. That's like a 50 to 60 degree in Fahrenheit difference. Mm-hmm. All the time. What I the wanna fuck? Know, I'm actually curious now as to what the biggest temperature difference in Alberta was. I'm not going to do Canada because then that includes up north. <laughs> oh, okay. Just kidding. Uh, Pitcher Creek is known to be one of the windiest spots in Alberta, but it also holds a national title. National. Including the Yukon and Nunavut and yeah. Uh, for recording the most dramatic temperature change in Canada. 
Uh, on January 10th, 1962, Pitcher Creek saw temperatures rise to 41 degrees Celsius as a Chinook wind boosted the mercury from 19, minus 19 degrees Celsius up to 22 degrees. So it was minus 19 that day, and it went up to 22 degrees when a Chinook came in. Bloody hell. 41 degree Celsius difference. Okay, hang on. I'm going to do some math real quick. Yeah, we get Chinooks all the time. Um, do you know what a Chinook is? No. I think I should probably explain it. It's um, a hot wind coming off of the mountains. I think it comes off the mountains. I don't know. It's like a, a wave of hot wind that comes down, uh, gathers, and then like comes over. So when it's really, 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 really cold, like in your minus 20s um, during the winter, you'll suddenly get this Chinook hot wave of wind come over and it can make that's why like it's very common for us to have like 20 degrees overnight to three degrees during the day because minus 20 overnight to three degrees because the the wind comes in it just warms everything up so to put that difference into perspective for anybody that's in america that's listening that's an 80 degree fahrenheit difference yep what the fuck I mean, obviously that was a record, so it's not like that normally, but I think you could, it's pretty common to experience at least 15 degree temperature difference in a day Celsius. I quit. (laughs) I couldn't do it. It's so normal for me that I'm like, what? This is weird. (laughs) But anyway, moving on. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, so, oh, previously before... They overhear this conversation. The sister overhears this conversation. She actually had a conversation with Wasabi on the beach um, where he was feeling really down on himself because he's like, oh, I'm never going to be able to live up to my senpai who has passed away. Um, What am I going to do? And she's like, hey, you know, you saved me with your words by telling me it was okay to be myself when I was in my lowest. So you should practice your own advice there, bud. And then she also goes, and I like you, Baka. Uh, I thought you would enjoy that part. Did you enjoy that part? I did. I love that very much. Yeah, it made me think of you when when she screamed that at him. And why? I, I don't. I don't understand what I'm, would make you. Why that would make you think of me? Yeah, I have no idea why I would have thought of that connection. Um, but yeah, so, so she um, confesses her affection for him. Yeah, so now she's working at her cafe. She The reason why she's working at the cafe is because she knows that her older brother wanted to open a cafe, and so she's going to fulfill his dream for him. And that's very sweet. We love a good younger sister. She. Uh, overhears this conversation about where and when they're going to start this up. And so she hops on the bus um, and as she is like over listening to this conversation, Hinako is like there with her. So she grabs her, the two of them, and they go and follow these group of rowdy 20 year olds to go light all of these fireworks off, which is so stupid. Don't do this. Okay. If you hear about somebody that is going to commit an illegal activity they're going to do something really stupid really dangerous you overhear this conversation do not follow them do not try and get proof for the police like they were trying to do get a picture of them don't do it call the police say hey can you check this out okay because i was sitting in my cafe as a waitress i overheard this conversation i recognize these people they have done an incident before like i know them can you please deal with the situation so stupid don't do it Baka. Really, really Baka. I ah, uh, it's one of those like horror movie tropes where it's like, oh no, there's a demon in the house. What are we gonna do? Let's split up. Like it was one of those. Like I'm irritated with this. Why are you doing this? No. Um, I got so mad, so mad. Stupid people. <laughs> but anyway. we're not even to like the real Baka moment yet. Yeah. 
Uh, anyway, so they follow them and then uh, they go into this abandoned building and there's this dude who's like holding open the door for the crew and the girl's just like wandering and he's like, okay, I guess you're part of our group now. Like didn't even like ask them who they are or whatever. They're committing, about to commit like some illegal activities and he's just like, okay, yeah, no, you're cool. You could be another <laughs> color cop. Like, it's fine. I don't care. They all... <laughs> They all walk there together. Yeah. But who's these two random girls they, that one part of the group? They're just part of our crew now. Like, they hop on the same bus together. It's like, okay, we're buds now, even though they sat on the complete other side of the bus. Like, they're at the front of the bus from us. So they are obviously not with us, but they're kind of with us. So I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, they walk in. They go all the way up to the top floor. And the crew's, like, all hanging out. And Yoko and Minato uh, and Hinako are just like, uh, we are gonna hide away on this shelf. I'm gonna get a picture of their faces so I can send it to the police. I still haven't contacted any authorities at this point. I've tried to text Wasabi, but he's at work, so he hasn't answered. But nobody else knows about this. They're about to start setting off fireworks next to a giant dead tree. I'm mad. Um... (laughs) Oh, it's big mad too. They pointed out that the tree was dead. Yeah. The second they pointed that out, that's immediately where you should go. Nope. We shouldn't do anything flammable. Yep. But they're just like, oh yeah, there's a giant dead tree there. We gotta just shoot some fireworks. Fun. (sighs) Not only that, but the way that they were shooting off fireworks. Yeah, like let's throw them at people. Like I'm gonna aim it at your face. Like, this dude basically had, like, a rotating Gatlin gun for a firework launcher. Like, it's on a swivel. Yeah. And he's just yeeting around in a circle. Yeah. (laughs) Just shooting fireworks everywhere. Yeah. Like, I'm so mad. It's so stupid. Anyways, so one of these fireworks that this idiot is launching hits, like, a beam or a pillar or something and rebounds backwards into the building. It hits Yuko and then rolls on to the giant tree and, of course, instantly ablaze. The whole place. Massive fire. Very, very quickly, which is realistic. If you've ever seen um, a dried Christmas tree go up in flames, they are so quick to light. Um, It's why there's such danger over the holidays. So keep your trees watered if you have a real one. Make sure they are wet. Don't let them dry out in your house. Not good. Don't do it, please. Not worth it. Check your lights as well. Don't use the same old lights that you've been using for 20 years where the wire's been chewed through by your dog. Like, no, don't do it. Uh, PSA, <laughs> please. It, it was such a... It was the, Genuinely, those live Christmas tree things were such a problem that they put out those, like, PSA commercials of, like, this is a danger for your house when I was little. We didn't have those here. Yeah, had them. I think it was in the UK. I can't remember if it was in the UK or Canada. It was one of those ones where it was happening, like, between the ages of 8 and 11, and I'm like, I don't remember which country that existed in. <laughs> so. Do you not remember the accent the infomercials were in? No, I just remember them being infomercials about dangerous trees. <laughs> trees are dangerous. Trees are dangerous. Never go outside, you'll die. Um. <laughs> I'm clipping that and sending a tree. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, yeah, okay, great. Um, But anyways, tree is now on fire. All of the other guys, because they're not on this, like, shelf ledge thing, like, on the- I guess it's, like, a half floor, you know, where there's, like, a floor and there's, like, an overlooking, like, balcony edge floor bit? That's where the girls are, whereas everyone else is, like, on the main edge bit of it. it. Does that make sense? Yes. 
So anyway, they all are like, ah, there's a fire, run away. And the girls are like, we should run away too. But Yoko's like, ow, that thing hit me. That firework hit me that's now set the whole building on fire. I can't walk. Fun. Hinata, Hinako uh, grabs her and he's like, hey, I'm going to just yeet us off of this ledge onto the same platform that those guys were on. And we're going to get out of here. So she does that. They yeet. They cannot get out because of the flames in the time that it took them to get down. Have now quickly uh, flamed. Charmander got real happy. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah. And so then firefighters, they're on the scene, but they're having issues. Want to know why? Because the building was abandoned. So because of local construction in the area, the local like water port, the hydrant thing, but the one that's like in the ground as opposed to being an above ground fire hydrant. uh, The closest one is like, I don't know, 30 meters away. I can't remember what they what they said, but it's like a ways away from the one that should have been there because it's all been cut off to that area because of construction and because this building was abandoned. And so they are having troubles getting water going into the building. So they've already sent some firefighters in there with their hoses to get themselves established up in the lower building. They know from the reports of the other two, from the other group, that the two girls are up there. Wasabi has finally answered his text because he is also a firefighter. He's finally looked at his text. He's seen that Yuko and uh, Hinako are up in the building, or he suspects that they are at least because of the fact that they said that they were going to follow them. They followed them, and now two girls are left in the building, so he puts two and two together and says, they're up there. So they go to like try and get the flames under control. And firefighters are all over the building, but they're having trouble getting the water going. And eventually when they do get the water going, it is just not enough to get these flames managed. Uh, Hiroko is like hugging Yuko, uh, like leaning on this pillar. And she's like, it's okay. It's okay. The firefighters are going to come. They'll be here. We'll be fine. But as time progresses, she's like, okay, I got to do something here. And Yoko calls out for her brother in the stress of everything. And so Hiroko says, okay. That's it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sing. And so she does. She sings a song and Minato comes through the water and creates a giant water bubble that just surrounds the building and like elevates up like a donut on a stick. <laughs> I can't think of anything else. What? What is it? It's like a rubber ring. It's like a water ring that surrounds a building and starts at the bottom and like goes up over the building. But, like, lifts from the bottom. And it's visible yeah. to all everyone the people. Can see it. It's the first time where everyone can see what's happening. And Minato's just like, hey, while I'm here, I'm going to say some words to some peeps. Well, he doesn't actually say anything. He's, he's mute at this point uh, because he's used up all of his energy. So he goes and... No, he does say stuff. He does. He says stuff, but he doesn't move his mouth. That's why I think that he didn't say anything. Because mm-hmm. he doesn't move his mouth. He just He's just doing the... What's the surfer dude sign? The... Yeah, the saw dude. Like, the what is that? Cowabunga, bro. You know the thing where you stick out your thumb and your pinky finger and you shake it? And it yeah, I that thing. I don't know what thing. it's called. They said the name of it in the film. Don't remember. But he does that. I don't recall them saying it, but yeah. He does whatever that thing is. And he's like, hey, dude, it's cool. Because apparently, like, he is now 10 out of 10 surfer dude ever since she taught him how to surf. And so... He goes and he says to his co he's like, hey, you made a good fireman. Like, because he was struggling all throughout the film and then actually ended up being pretty decent towards the end. Like, he worked his butt off. He's like, hey, you ended up being a pretty good fireman. I'm, I'm proud of you, dude. Got some, some bromance right there. It's good appreciation of your fellow man. And then he keeps going on up and he takes the water with him and he gets to the... Uh, he pops all the firefighters that he got in the water, like, out of the side of the building and, like, 
gets them to safety. And then he keeps going up and he ends up with his sister and uh, Hiroko and he says to his sister, you're all right, kid. You're a good sister. And then he says to uh, Hinako, thank you very much for calling me. I appreciate it. I'm glad that I could let you ride your own wave. Like I could be there to help you so that you could ride your wave. And then they find like a a board, kind of, it's a, a surfboard equivalent. It's not a surfboard, but it's basically a surfboard because they don't have a surfboard it's a stretcher in the building, board. but they need a surfboard for the plot. So they find a surfboard equivalent. What What was it? A stretcher? It's a stretcher board. board. Okay, yeah. so they find a stretcher board. It, it is now a surfboard. And they climb up on top of it. And they get up to the top of the building and they get up to the roof. And then he's like, hey, once the water gets to the top, it's going to turn into a giant wave. So surf it down this 200-story building. And so she's like, cool, fam. I'm just going to vertically surf. And that is what happens. And during the whole time that she is surfing, I won't call it a montage, but it's nearly a montage. Uh, they're like holding hands and reminiscing about stuff. Um, and But they're not holding hands because he's made of water. And by the time they get to the bottom, she's like gotten over his death a little bit, I guess. Um, and then she hands Yoko to Wasabi and it turns out that they got together. Cute. He got over her real quick. And that's like the end of that scene. A couple of days later, it's Christmas. The three of them are hanging out together. They're trying to make sure that she's all good. And they walk upon the same building that she went to with the Minato at the beginning, uh, the last Christmas. Last Christmas. <laughs> um, and and uh, they're there. And uh, she tells them, hey, there's some cute couple stuff you can do at the top. You should go do that. Don't worry, I'll be fine on my own. And they're like, are you sure you'll be good on your own? She's like, yeah, I'm good. Like, you go off and, and do your couple stuff. Like, I don't want to ruin your Christmas. Go. She dismisses them. And then on the announcements where last year there was a proposal and a kid saying happy Christmas to a mom and stuff. He had pre-bought a message to say to her, I hope we can spend Christmas together forever and ever. And that's cry count number four. And cry count number one for me, because that, it was so unexpected, just out of nowhere. Absolutely. <laughs> and she breaks down and fully cries. And this is the first time you see her like sob in the film over his death. And then afterwards, there's a montage of her like finding her own way. She ended up becoming a lifeguard. That is a plot that is throughout the movie, but I didn't really talk about it. She ends up becoming a lifeguard. Um, and she's kind of like able to stand on her own two feet. The end. So what did you think? I think I, I don't think I liked it. I know I cried, <laughs> but I don't think that that necessarily makes it a good film that it pulled on my heartstrings. I think that it was, I think it's a good date night film. If you want to go on a date night, you're going to watch this in the cinema. You'll cry, but you won't like sob. So you can wear makeup and like you, you'll be fine. Like you'll shed a couple tears, but it's not going to like give you pander eyes, you know? If you're wearing a good quality mascara and or eyeliner. Um, <laughs> but like, I think it's, I think it's mediocre. I can agree. Yeah. You know what I was thinking the vast majority of the time I was watching this? What? I felt like Disney made an anime film. Yeah. Like that's the vibes I was getting during this whole thing. I was like, I feel like I'm watching like a Disney film. I have to say that I got distracted while watching it quite a few times. It's very slow paced and I found it kind of boring. I will also say I have ADD, so I find a lot of things like can't hold my attention very well. So that might not be a detriment to the film if you enjoy slower paced films. 
That being said, I I found it pretty boring in places. And not very much happens until, like, the whole, the, by the time that he is, like, dead and in spirit form, you are halfway through the film. So the first half of the film is very slow, especially. I found that it was sad for the sake of being sad, you know? Like, oh, we want to make a sad mm-hmm. film, so let's write a script that'll make you cry. As opposed to, let's write a script about romance that is also sad. Yeah, I'd say I'd give it a six. Six. Yeah, I was going to give it a five. Like, it's, it's, there are some parts of it that I really like. For instance, in the first montage, when they are doing their, like, couple things and they're being really cute together, the song that they have backing the montage isn't the actual song. It's the two of them singing the song. And it's got, like, her giggling and stuff throughout it. And I thought that was really cute that they had removed the song and just had the two of them singing. And they're clearly not singers. They're just regular people, like, you would do in your own car while you were singing i thought that was very smart and i liked that mm-hmm. and like some of the coupley things they were doing like the animation and stuff on it like whenever they went to the fountains and everything yeah like that was cool like a lot of the stuff that they did was awesome and i think the story that they told was cute mm-hmm. but it wasn't on par with like your name and weathering with you as far as like film story goes and everything i don't think i'm gonna remember this in six months i'm right there with you yeah like you said for a date night i could recommend it to mm-hmm. friends like it would be really good to take a date to like go see in the theaters yeah. and what yeah definitely you get to have that moment of like oh are you crying it's like i'm not crying you get to have that kind of moment where you get to be cute and couple of yourself but like i'm not gonna this is not something that i would like take to a uh, an award show and be like look at this critically acclaimed film it, it did well by the critics but to me it's just kind of there yeah i don't think i'm gonna rewatch it no i won't i for sure won't yeah oh so the one thing that i was gonna say that was jarring as far as animation was concerned Whenever they went to the coffee shop the first time, mm-hmm. that animation of whenever they were actually, like, the coffee was being made with all the steamers, mm-hmm. that was, like, weathering with you, like, Shinkai mm-hmm. grade animation. Yeah. But it was literally just for two seconds. Yeah, I agree. Actually, I agree. I noticed that. I didn't notice it in the same way that you did as, like, the animation's amazing, but, like, that point sticks out in my head, and I remember thinking, oh, wow, that looks really cool. And I remember, like, relating it to my coffee machine upstairs. So, yeah, I definitely think that that was a very impactful moment for me. I didn't equate it to the animation, but now that you say so, absolutely. Yeah, like, it stuck with me. I saw that, and I was like, what? Yeah. (laughs) Like, that didn't belong there. That belonged in Weathering With You and Your Name. Like, it was, Mm -hmm. oh, 10 out of 10 animation. And not to say that, like, this film didn't have good animation, because it was really good, and it was really different from a lot of the other stuff that we watch. Because mm-hmm. I'm just a sucker for good animation. Mm-hmm. But it was it was simplistically beautiful, in a way, I guess is how yeah. to look at it. Mm-hmm. Like, it was really simple, but it pulls you in with how simple it is. I agree. I do think that the simplicity was a good choice in this film. Like, if they'd have animated it any other way, I would have graded it a lot lower than I did. And honestly, if the animation and music and everything didn't go so well with this, I would have graded it a lot yeah, lower. Yeah, the storyline isn't anything to write home about. The uh, characters are... Like, I didn't write any of their names down until a couple of minutes before we started recording here, because, I mean, you don't really hear them very often. You kind of hear them towards the 
end of the film more. They're not memorable enough to stick in your brain as it is. And I think that's a pretty common theme throughout this film is that it's just not memorable. I think if certain things about mm-hmm. it, you think, okay, yeah, I, I might remember. Like, I'm probably going to remember a film about a girl who surfed down a building. Like, that's pretty memorable. But... I'm not going to remember, like, crazy details about it. I'm not going to remember the names. I'm going to remember the art style just because the studio and the director. Mm-hmm. But that last scene with Christmas, I'll probably remember that just because that was just like a really swift kick to the dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I I sort of suspected something along that lines. I didn't think maybe at that moment but i had kind of figured that there would be something with that message when they had it originally with like the proposal and everything i thought that that would be a reoccurring theme i didn't think it would be then though like that was just so far out of left field and at the ass end of the movie Mm. too literally right before the ending (laughs) scenes like the i'm doing okay and i'm alive scenes yeah like literally the epilogue scene like right before it yeah but you're right though i should have expected it there's another film that i have on our to watch list to where anime always does things for a reason. Like, they're not going to take time to animate and hire somebody to do a voice line for something if it's not going to be important later. Mm-hmm. And especially since you watch things subbed, you'll understand what I mean at a later point. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know when we're going to cover it, but we'll cover at it. At some point. But yeah, I, I don't have anything else that I wanted to say in the film. What about you? I think we covered it already. Like it's- Oh, what did you think of the song? The song was adorable. I think the song fit it to a T. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't feel like they could have used anything else. And what they did during that montage with the two of them singing it. That was really clever. Yeah. Like, there's so many little things that gives it a higher grade for me. Mm-hmm. Like, if it didn't have all those little bits of, like, true uniqueness to it, I would be at a five. Like Yeah. You. Yeah. I think the biggest thing for me as to why I give it a five is just the basic plot line is to me really poor (laughs) it's uniquely bland it's very bland and i think that's the thing is that they did so many cute little intricate details but there's only so much that you can do to dress up a piece of bread without it still just being a piece of bread you know yeah it's the unique qualities that gives it a six yeah otherwise it would sit at a five i think for me it's it's a solid neutral it's something that i would uh i don't i definitely don't consider it bad like i don't consider it amazing either at all so i think yeah again Mm -hmm. it is it would be one of those things that if like one of my friends was like hey you know i I want a movie for me and my boyfriend to watch do you have anything to recommend i'd be like well i mean you could give this one a shout but it wouldn't be the top of my list Again, it's another one of those things where it would depend on who's asking. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if somebody came to me like, hey, I need like a good little romance type film to watch on a date. I'd be like, I got you, fam. Yeah, I don't know if I would even remember it. It had to be a very specific like reason for me to recommend it, yeah. though. Yeah, I don't know. I genuinely don't know if I would recall this film if somebody asked me like in a month from now. I said, hey, I want a, a romantic film. What do you recommend? I don't think I will remember this. I don't think it will be in my brain. I'm trying to rack my brain out of all the romance anime films that I've watched. Like, if somebody came to me and they're like, hey, I need, like, a good romance to watch what I would recommend. I don't think there's any real, like, just true romance anime films out there that doesn't deal with tragedy in some shape, form, or fashion. Because literally the first thing that comes to mind is I want to eat your pancreas, but then I'm like... No, but yes. Mm-hmm. But that would 
that's the film that would legitimately pop into my mind first. That was just like, hey, I need a good romance film to watch. Like, boom, there you go. Probably second place would probably be your name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one would be down the list. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's worth a watch. If you're if you're sitting there and you're like, ah, I want to watch something. I don't want to start a new series. Definitely give it a go. I'm not saying don't watch it. I'm just saying that if you do watch it, I don't think you're going to leave satisfied. I'm not satisfied. I feel like this is your payback for Dive. <laughs> Like, this is the one time you've caught me slipping mm. on all my recommendations, even though this is something that I haven't actually watched before, so it caught us both by surprise. That's true. That's true. Because I remember seeing the trailer for this and being hyped for it. I was like, oh, this is going to be good, and then I'm disappointed yeah. with it. I don't know. But still, I will own up. This is my one suggestion that I have tripped up How on. How dare you. But I can assure you, it won't happen again. <laughs> Everything else that I have planned going forward is going to be good. Mm. Well, we've done a couple of your picks in a row. Is it my pick next? Or are we doing something pre-planned? I genuinely can't remember. Everything through October is pre-planned, okay. but that can also be changed. Because technically, Violet Evergarden is next. We can do Violet Evergarden. Yeah, I'm down for that. Because I want to do that before I forget. Do you want to? <laughs> it's in your notes, but you you want to go on your rant. I, I you want to get that out of your system, don't you? I need to. I need to get it out of my system. I'm so mad about it because the, honestly, Violet Evergarden would have been like one of my top animes of all time if not for them bloody age ranges. And I've I've been thinking about it since we or since you went off on the tangent on My Little Monster. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about it. I'll give you one of them. But the other one, like the one between Violet and the Major, mm-hmm. I don't think it's that kind of love story. No, I agree. Uh, well, kind of. Like, I think it's like a father-daughter type uh, It's questionable. Thing. It's, I think in certain people's minds it's certain ways and in other people's minds it's other ways. But one of them is just sketch. Yeah, one of them is wrong. Like, that's, that's big I- pocket. But that's for next <laughs> week. Yeah. And then we can figure out whatever we're going to do next from there. Because honestly, if we do music month for September or not, I could care less. We'll see. But spooky month for October, that has to be done. Oh. Mm, romance that it does feature tragedy though. Wait, what dude, huh? Um, um 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 the music one that we covered a little while ago. The BL. Oh, yeah, given. given does have tragedy. Is a series, not a film. Fuka. Well, the manga, not the mm. show. Which, again, should we actually cover that? That's why I recommended reading a little bit of the mm-hmm. manga. Because manga, far better than the show. But the show was good. Anyways. But definitely a love story that features tragedy. Tragedy. Shakespeare. <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou, Romeo? Juliet is the sun and something is in the east. But doesn't the sun come from the east? Certain as the sun, rising in the east. (laughs) Pale as old as time, song as old as rhyme. (coughs) Beauty and the beast. Beautiful. That's how I remember which direction the sun comes, starts in. I know it's like east and west, but I always get confused as to which direction happens which. So... What so, here's a question. Do you... What? Can you hear that? Yes. Did the bean come to your door? No, that's outside. Is it? Yeah. Is it hailing? I have no clue. It's too dark to see anything. Hmm. We best wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I had something profound to say, and then it just it just left me. The, the sun rising? I don't know. In directions? Oh, directions. So, do you ever feel like... Your entire world just gets crashed at one point. 
What? Okay, so for some reason, it's in my brain that the entire time that I was growing up, that a compass was north was up, south was down, east was to the left, and west was to the right. But east and west are flip-flopped. And then at some point or another, it got reversed. But in my brain, it's still fucked. Hmm. And I don't get it. I don't know, mate. I don't know. I feel like I just had that glass shattering realization one day. And I was just like, what the fuck is my life? Yeah, no, I don't know. That one is not one that I experienced. But you should check online. Maybe see if it's a Mandela effect or something. I don't know. Maybe. Who's to say? However, next week, Violet Evergarden. Listen to us rant. Yep. Because it's going to happen. Blue. Twitch. Monday through Saturday, except for Wednesday, twitch.tv forward slash blue lavender. She streams all sorts of things. I do. And then also Twitter and Instagram at blue lavender STM and also adorable Instagram account for the bean at the best Tilly bean. And Brad, that's him. The voice that you heard. He does not stream anymore, except he always says, I'm going to stream. And then he doesn't. So... You won't find him there, but you could drop him a follow if you want. Is at Brad Carter Gaming on Twitch, um, and also the same on Instagram. He does not have a Twitter. However, he does run an adorable Instagram uh, for the adorable prick, which is a cactus Instagram. I greatly enjoy it. He also is the person who runs our Instagram and pretty much our Twitter now because I'm rubbish. And um, <laughs> and he makes memes and sometimes finds memes on the internet um, and he shares them on, on the Instagram. So if you like some homemade memes um, and some uh, of the web memes, then you can drop us a follow on uh, Twitter and Instagram at BNB Anime. If you like our stuff and you want to know more about us, maybe in about us section, know who figure out who our friends are or uh, figure out some projects that we're working on in secret and or have already released, uh, you can head on over to our website for that. In our website, we also have an archive of all of the previous episodes that we have recorded for this podcast, including our very awkward introduction that if you listen to, I will get embarrassed by. And you can find that on our website at BNB Anime. Dot com. We also happen to have ourselves a YouTube channel, don't we, Brad? We do. You can find us on YouTube for both our voice acting stuff and our podcast stuff. One being at BNB Anime and the other one, BNB Is It Projects? It is projects and they are both connected. So if you find one, you can find the other. And you can also find all of them on our website. So links to everything. Yeah. <laughs> Outside of that, thank you all so much for listening. Blue and I greatly appreciate it. And we'll catch y'all next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.